0: This morning I want us to read from John's Gospel, chapter 18. John, chapter 18. And we're going to start our reading at verse 7 and read down through verse 12. Excuse me, 13. John... Uh, chapter 18 verse 7 and the scripture says there then asked he them again whom seek ye and they said Jesus of Nazareth Jesus answered I have told you that I am he if therefore ye seek me let these go their way that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheep. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. We'll end our reading there. We trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. This morning I want us to consider what the Lord Jesus said in verse 11 in response to Peter's brash action. And he said there, The cup which my Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? I want us to think on what I am entitling this morning, The Cups. But before we go any further, let's just ask the Lord to meet with us. Father in heaven, now we would pray that you will bless the word of God, that you will let the spirit of God take it and be the preacher thereof. We pray that thou will open our hearts, help our minds. Lord, strengthen us in our understanding, deepen us in our faith. Lord, fan our love. O God, we pray that truly we will have a time with thyself as we come around the table that we might know the presence, but also the love of Christ for our hearts and that we might in turn love thee back as we ought. Lord, bless now this time for Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. Scripture sometimes gives us pictures to help us understand that the nature of God's provisions and his promises is not something that is unclear or mysterious, but is plain and easily understood. I will point to one of these to begin our thoughts. It is a very familiar picture, and the message that it conveys is easy to grasp. In Psalm 23 we are offered in verse 5 a notable picture of not only the Lord's supply, but a complete and effective changing of the matter of our lives so as to undo all the issues that are against our souls. The verse says that the Lord prepares a table For the saint in the presence of enemies. How astounding. We get the force of these words by the simple answer to the question. Whoever sits down and enjoys a relaxing meal. When the enemy is at hand and ready to destroy. If you and I were. Normal thinkers with common reactions. If we were sitting at a table and our enemies are present, we'd soon be on our feet, ready to defend ourselves, never setting the mind on the sweetness of something that is just eaten. That would not be what we'd be doing. But the point is this, that God so controls The whole of the saint's care that even when all is the worst, and I underscore that, when all is the worst, the saint can find nourishment and enjoyment of the hour. The table that the Lord spreads, it is a prepared table. It's prepared of God. It is supplied of God. It is preserved by God. This is further confirmed and explained by the testimony of the saint seated at the furnished table. When in response to what the Lord does in the presence of his enemies, he says, my cup runneth over. I'm not only enjoying what I have here, I'm not only enjoying the time that I'm able to spend at this table, though my enemies are at my elbow with swords drawn and spears at ready, I am so enjoying this, I am so filled with this, that my cup is running over. Well, does that mean, then, that the Lord pours out so much good that the cup cannot contain it all? Or... Does this mean that all the effects of what was in the cup are so wonderful that they cannot adequately be explained? What God gives is indescribable. Well, I think both are true. We come to the Lord's table today. This is a table that was furnished in the presence of the enemies of our souls. The fact that the Lord Jesus established this table at which we sit as a remembrance of him and his death for sin gives us light to the statement of the psalmist. Indeed, on that table, that first time in the upper room was a cup. The Lord spoke much about the true meaning of that cup And there has been an immense effect for souls of all believers from what the Lord said was to be in that cup. What was in the cup? He said, it is the cup that has my blood. The effects of what was in that cup are indescribable. They cannot be given full explanation. And what is in that cup shows, as it were, a love that is beyond your ability and my ability to truly comprehend. Though there will come a day when perhaps the ignorance of our mind and hearts will be re- taken from us and we're able to see him who was slain before the foundation of the world and will be able to sing along with the hosts of heaven Thou hast redeemed us from every tongue and kindred and tribe and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. Glory to the Lamb. It was pointed out in a brief word that I recently heard that by all indications the Lord Jesus did not drink from that cup from which his disciples drank. As our text points out, the table that was furnished in the presence of the enemy had for him a different cup from which he was to drink. That, I will also mention, was a cup from which his disciples could not drink and did not drink, being the chosen and the saints of God. I want us to consider this morning briefly these two cups... The one from which drank the people of God, and the other from which drank the Lamb of God. And I would have you understand that both were prepared and both flowed over. Consider with me then these two cups. The first thing I would want you to understand and think with me about is that they are given cups, they are given cups. There's a cup that's been given to us to drink from. By the hand of our God, for the disciples and indeed for all who believe, it is the cup that the Lord Jesus extended with his own hand that night. Matthew chapter 26 verse 27 says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them. The determination of the Lord was that there was a cup that was to be partaken of by all who believe. The Lord says that the cup contained his blood, but what did that mean? That meant simply this that what was in that cup, by faith received, brought an effect. Psalm 116, verse 13, says this I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, again, you could also read this in Colossians. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I would suggest to you that the overflowing cup, which is symbolized by the cup on the table at which we sit, overflows with the salvation of God. How great, how immense, how full is the salvation of God? Let's put it in another question form. How full, how great, and how immense is the forgiveness of God or the removal of sins? How fully does God accept How fully does God mean to make you like the Lord Jesus? May I say, your cup overflows. The cup of salvation from which we drink is that which is overflowing with all the aspects and all the fullness and all the meaning of God's salvation. You can almost imagine that some might question, well, does, does the fullness of that cup really help me? It may for others, but does it really for me? I want you to note the second part of the statement that Jesus makes in Matthew 26, verse 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye. All of it. Drink ye all of it. The cup of salvation overflows with more than we can either hold or understand. But we are as those who are given to Jesus Christ. Those whom he calls his own. Those that are part of his body. We are to know every bit of its good. It is that cup wherein we are now accepted of God, Ephesians 1 and 6. We drink of the everlasting righteousness. How righteous are you made when you come to faith in Christ? What do you say? Paul writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5 gives us that answer. We are made the righteousness of Christ. Yes. The Lord means for us to know the fullest extent, the infinite extent of our drinking from the cup of salvation. It is that which is given to us. We will enjoy that. And let me just simply say, you cannot be more saved at any one point than you are at the time when the Holy Spirit puts you into the body of Christ. You can't be more blessed. Because you drink, as it were, from the cup, not only of salvation, but the cup that is of the blood of Christ. All that Christ earned, we have to the full and overflowing. Or as Hebrews 7 and verse 25 says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. They come unto God by him. The cup that we are given is the cup of salvation that overflows with all the effects of God's salvation, what God means salvation to be. But I want you to notice the other cup, the cup for the Lord. In our text that we read, Christ asks the question, the cup which my Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? what cup is it that the Lord Jesus had been given? Well, the answer to that, we can say, was found in Isaiah chapter 51. There's a couple of verses here that I would just bring to your attention. Verse 4 of Isaiah 51, Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. Mine arms shall judge the people, the isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord, thy Lord, the Lord, and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. How is it that the people of God know nothing of the cup of God's fury? Of God's wrath? Of God's condemnation? Of God's punishment for sin? Of the destruction that is due to those that have broken God's law? How is it that you and I do not drink of that cup? The answer is that the Lord Jesus drank it. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. He took that upon himself, which was indeed our due. He drank from the cup that was ours to drink from. And let me say, if there's one that's without Christ, that will one day be the cup that is drunk from. What an awful cup. By Christ Jesus drinking from that cup that he says here in our text. He was forever separated from our sins when he took him to to the cross. But he was made to be the sin. He was separated from the Father. He was from that one that his heart was tied to from eternity past, forever and ever in the past. He was separated from him. he was made not only to be separated but also the object of the father's hatred. The fury of the Lord was upon him. He had not known that. And I would suggest to you this. It is important for us to understand as he told the disciples to drink all that was in their cup. I will say to you that Christ Jesus also drank all that was in this other cup. There is now, for us, no more sin. There is no more shame. There is no more damnation or condemnation. There is nothing more to answer for on our part. We now have drunk from a different cup. So this morning we are here to remember the Lord Jesus drinking from the cup of God's wrath and that we might drink from the cup of salvation. I want to see secondly, not only were they or are they given cups, but they are undeserved cups. Undeserved cups. No saint could ever lay claim to what was in the cup that the Lord Jesus gave. What was deserved on our part was destruction and punishment. We deserve suffering and the worst of agonies. This was due to all who drank from the cup that Jesus gave, we did not deserve salvation. We did not deserve, we did not earn it. We didn't make a decision that caused us to be those who were partakers of it. We are wholly undeserving of the least of his mercies. And for any who try to obtain the benefits that the overflowing cup brings on their own, based on their own merits will find that they will perish. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. No saint deserves to drink from that cup, but we have been made to drink from that cup unto the saving of our souls. But likewise, the cup that the Lord Jesus drank from, he was not deserving of that. He was without any reason to put that cup to his mouth. But he did. He did. He did. Why? Because of love. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did not deserve. We deserved. But he took the cup. Third, I will have you understand with me that these are forever cups. Forever cups. What is now our blessing from having partaken of the cup of salvation is that we are sealed forever to our God. The effects of having partaken of that by faith that puts us into Christ Jesus is something that can never be rescinded. And what was in the other cup from which the Lord Jesus drank will never find its way to us. No, the effects of being put into the body of Christ is something that's a forever situation. But also what the Lord Jesus did by drinking the cup of God's wrath is that that wrath is removed forever. There is no return of the wrath of God to us. It cannot return. And here I want you to think with me on the picture. The wrath of God, the condemnation of God, the disgust of God, the punishment by God cannot return to us because the Lord Jesus drank it all up, as it were. All that was in that cup, he took to himself. The the good the benefits the effects of drinking from the cup of salvation is something that can never be taken away well my last thought they are blessed cups first corinthians chapter 10 we read this to begin our service this morning the cup of blessing the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of christ For us, all the blessings that the divine heart can bestow are ours, and not only that, but ours to the fullest extent. My cup overfloweth. My cup overfloweth. All the various things, the graces, the mercies, the benefits, the cares, the supplies, the encouragements, the strengthenings, the speaking to my heart, when my mind and heart seem to be without any light, all of the different things that come to us through the Lord Jesus, these are now ours to the fullest extent. Truly our cup overflows, though you and I would have to say the Lord allowed us to drink from this cup when we were in the very presence of our enemies What need or what joy is left out? Not one. And I say, you and I can pray on this ground. Lord, you have given me all things. He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Yes. For Christ... The cup of blessing was his. Though you say, wait, his was the cup of the wrath, but there was a blessing in it. Because by drinking that cup, for the Lord Jesus came to him then the fullness of his inheritance now that he shall receive without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. All that was promised to him by the Father before the course of eternity In the past, brought forth time, Christ had an inheritance promise. Now it is his. Now he has accomplished it. Now that which was the promise, the covenantal promise is sure. The blessing is Christ. And he, Zephaniah chapter 3 tells us, will sing over us because of that success. Two cups, given of God, undeserved. They were drunk by those of us and our Savior, those of us that believe unto salvation for the Lord Jesus unto the taking away of sins. We're here to remember And when we take of this cup here this morning, we are indeed saying, I was part of that, and I am part of that that drinks from the cup that's given from the hand of Christ. I believe, and I too am trusting in his salvation. Well, amen. May the Lord bless his word to us for Jesus' sake. We're going to go to the table now, but as is our custom We will first have a time for us to think upon the Lord Jesus, to meditate upon what we've heard, and then we'll gather around the table.